kill it. Hey guys, welcome. Oh, here I'll do it. Here we go. Mm, just because I didn't know if there's any audio. Here add this in. Yes, add this in. It's starting right now, but I'm gonna say the intro right now. Here we go. Ready? Are you ready? Here kill we it. go. Hey guys, welcome back to our Be Our Friends podcast. Yup, me and Nate right here. So that was. Cool. It's okay. Of, of, You're a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. It's, it's the first. It gets a little nerve It's the. It's it's the just the intro. The you intro just passed it on scary. to me. You know. Yeah. I'm gonna pass it back to you okay, right now, I'll Nicole. Catch it. Go ahead. Catch it. it. Go ahead. Say who you are. Hey, we've, uh, my name is Nicole, by the, way, by the way, but we've got an awesome friend with us here at our Be Our Friends podcast, Pastor Wendy Nalasco, all the way from, are you from Texas? Austin. Austin, Texas. How yeah, is awesome. Austin, Texas? Today it's cold. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, you're so lucky. It is like 80 degrees. No, maybe like 75 degrees outside yeah. right now, right? It is hot in California. We had like a nice, crisp, cool weather last week, and then now it's like back to hot. So we don't have seasons. So I'm lucky, or you're lucky, and we're kind of not as lucky. But hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, um, Pastor Wendy, I, I heard, because I follow you on Instagram, okay, that you have three kids, three awesome kids. Um, and with that, I think they're all Gen Z. Is that correct? I think my little one is actually not Gen Z. He's whatever, <gasps> like Alpha. Oh, yes. Yeah, Generation Alpha. Alpha. That's the one. That's kind of a scary name. Yeah, I have Alpha and I have Z living in my house. And then I'm, on of, I'm like a ex-millennial. So I'm like on the cusp between Gen X, youngest and the oldest millennial. And then my husband is um, like an older Xer. Oh, so you've, you've got it all. It's the whole. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't have any boomers living in our house, although my mom lived with us for a minute and she's a boomer. So we did oh, have she? it all for a minute. There we go. I don't, I don't know the age groups. I stop at millennial. I don't know what goes after that. Yeah. I, I think barely, like, I'm barely the cusp of Gen Z. Like, yeah. I barely hit it. Barely and then the rest it. of us are all Gen Z, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Gen Z, uh, I don't know any alpha people, but do you know any Gen Z's like slang? Like, if we were to. If we were to like, if we were just to test you, yeah. would you know anything? The go-to okay. words. I, I, I think so. Like if you lob me the word, I bet you I could define okay. it. But if you're going to ask me to like come up with it on my own, I'm forever having to like ask my kids like, wait, what does that mean? Okay. Let me okay. ask you, let me ask you, do you know what the word, and this is, I say this not often, but okay. we kind of when we eat food. It's true. Do you know what bussin means? Yeah, so my kids explained this to me recently, oh, and I don't think wow. I'm going to get it in context very well, but it's like, um, okay, put it in a sentence. Um, like, this food is bussin'. Like, this chicken is bussin', bussin'. Yeah, yeah, like, it's really, really good. Like, this oh, is wow. like level super good. So they use this word when they go to Canes, and they think Canes yeah. is, like, the best. Do you use it? No. I would give you, like, an, a virtual high five if in this podcast you use the word bussin one time. I like I think I think it would elevate like the joy of this podcast if they heard you say it. Yeah. I'm just no, saying I could do it only in the framework of um that it would make you laugh and it would be comedic humor for you because I respect my kids <laughs> to like they're like mom don't try too hard like uh, you do no. you and that works and so yeah. i try to there we respect go. those kind of generational boundaries and not there like you go. <laughs> than I am. i'm like i'm just not that cool and i i'm like i embrace that 
We appreciate that. We really do appreciate that. We do. Um, okay, I do want to jump in to yeah. some questions. Let's Friends, if you're listening here, uh, Wendy, Pastor Wendy to us, and we say this truly, I think you're such a legend in the faith. Yes. Um, and, and the wisdom and the things that you say, we really take it. Uh, and we run with it. And so we just appreciate that you're um, here. And so if you're listening, what a privilege and honor that you get to hear from Pastor Wendy uh, today or whenever you're listening to this. I have a question for you, and I guess we'll just kind of conversate and talk through this. But we were in Florida in May for a connection or convention. And you spoke at a breakout, okay? And I have listened to this breakout probably countless of times since then. And just your eight and a half minute portion I've listened to probably like five or six times. And you said something that has caught my attention. And this is kind of where I want to take this conversation. And towards we have this conversation, the group of us, countless of times. But you said that so many of us are good at building for the moment, but don't have what it takes to last the lifetime. Yeah. And I kind of want to talk about this conversation, especially in regards to young leaders. Yeah. I think sometimes, and I catch myself too, getting caught up in building the moment, but realizing like this cannot sustain me for the next 10 or 15 years. So maybe uh, speak into this. What are some essentials you think for us as young leaders that would really help us shift our focus and our perspective of not just building for the now, but building to last however long um, that may be for us? Yeah. Gosh, what a great question. And thank you so much. Um, it's super generous that you guys have said that. So I really appreciate that. Um, I think for me, when I think about building to last, I think about human transformation. So when your canvas is the lives of souls, and when you think about your medium being people's souls, and when you are building into people and you are helping to transform them and walking them through a journey where they come out different, that's the work that lasts. But the uh, framework wow. for ministry and the strategies that we put in place and the events that we do, they're temporal. And so what lasts wow. and what remains is the eternal work that is present by the Spirit of God, which is resident and housed in the bodies of people that we encounter. So you use the mm. work to get the people done. That's the only so reason you have an event is to enfranchise more people, to give them an inroad by which they can have a transformative encounter. Because when that event's done, What's left is what they experienced and how they were changed as a result of serving, of leading, of facilitating worship, of greeting, of doing media or social or whatever. But I think that we use the work to get people done. And so the canvas for leadership is always souls. It's always people. And that's wow. what that remains over time. So, okay, so being the canvas being souls, how do you not get caught up with the event? Like, how do you, hard. because I think for us, like, <clears throat> so we did, when we got to do Angel Stadium just this last year, yeah. I think maybe our wrestle a little bit was, let's not get so caught up in doing the biggest thing, though, what a privilege and honor it was for the Lord to even lead us Absolutely. to that. Yeah. But I think for us is how do we focus on the people and not get caught up on the building of that? Mm -hmm. I think you guys really modeled this so well. There was a... One of the qualities that was so attractive about Backyard Revival was the prayer, purity, and posture that led you to an event. Wow. So you didn't start with, we want to have an event to gather people to change a generation or change a city or change Southern California. 
you guys really started with this posture that said, we want to wait and we want to be prayerful. And that outcome was then an event. So I think the way you led into that already set the groundwork for like, okay, an event was actually what you were supposed to do. I think that was evidenced by what happened there. Right. Um, but I think being aware. So you are housed in a greater cultural moment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we so are true. not in post-Christian America. We are beyond that. We are in a secular society, which means that what we are doing in the church world often is not any different than what people are doing outside of the church world. So wow. our body naturally creates dopamine, which means that we get a hit every time we are on our phone, every time we get a click, every time we get a like, every time we're on social, every time we are on our devices, which are like an appendage to not just young people, but I would say all people. Wow. I think our events often give us those same hits, but we put spiritual language around it. So wow. we gather people and we have an emotional physiological response that sometimes can be interpreted as the spirit of God, but if not weighed and discerned in the body of elders, we don't actually know. And if it's not having evidence and fruit that remains, then I think we would be subject to at least critical thinking to say, hey, was that a good dopamine fix? Mm. Wow. Did I get a really good Christian high, which is really no different than a drug high. We just have better language and we're accepting of it. Or was this a catalytic event where people were transformed and discerning that is tricky. Like that's not something that you can just apply rules to and then like find your way through like, hey, we got the right legislation on that. And so now we know all events are good or all events are bad. I don't think it's so black and white. I actually think that our way forward is this gray path of the middle. But being Mm -hmm. aware of the cultural moment that young people in particular are housed in and that truth is subjective and that we are after the next fix whether that is through um, enlightenment, through working out, through social, through whatever, in the Christian world, that fix is often dopamine, which our bodies create for us. And so we actually get to tap into that drug source and our bodies create it. Wow. That is so deep. That was, yeah. Okay, so as a young person, um, I just turned 26. Oh my gosh, I'm getting getting into my 30s here in like four years. I, and towards, feel feel free to jump in as well. Yeah. But I think as a young person, and I guess really just any leader, maybe we shouldn't cap it just to young leaders, but what would you say for you? How did you like, dis, like what were some things for you that, that helped you discern? Obviously the Holy Spirit, right? But did you also have leaders and, and mentors and counselors? Like what are some things for you that we, when you receive something from the Lord and for you to like run in that, what were some gauges for you to do before you fully just went for it? Such a great question. So um, I would couch this in um, that there are, I think, some principles that transfer and translate over time. Mm -hmm. But I would be really cautious to be prescriptive um, because oftentimes like there's principles that I would say are working for my 16 and 18 year old that also worked in my life, but not every practice that worked in my life is it is prescriptively translatable to their life. And I'm super aware of that. Wow, so I think that's the principles so is like a constellation of mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I've always ascribed to that. So the idea that you'll have one mentor is a fallacy. And so you need to have mm-hmm. a constellation of mentors, mm-hmm. and a wow. constellation of peers and a constellation wow. of people that you are constantly leaning and lo- learning from. So for me, I commit myself to learning from all people, no matter where they sit in any 
in any space and sphere of life. So I have been super blessed to learn from business people, from academics, from people in legal spaces, political uh, spaces, church spaces. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when you think about, especially like around spiritual formation, it took an entire community that was a part of my rescue and redemption journey. Mm. And that community is the body of Christ. And they were able to live out in my life very practically the love of Jesus in a way that I didn't know my family of origin, which over time was then the manifestation of that was the fruit of the spirit. So then like I became less angry, I became more patient, I became more wow. graceful, I became less judgmental. Yeah. Like that was a long, long journey. And that was a journey that I traveled with a whole lot of people who were mentors and elders, but also just friends. People mm. who were like peers, fellow travelers who were figuring out their spiritual formation together. And those were really instrumental people and places in my life. I say that principle, I would say is more transferable. So when I look at my kids, and their spiritual formation, uh, that constellation of community of voices. Like I'm their mom, so I have a place and I've got a primary place, but I'm not the singular voice. There's a Go lot ahead. of other voices that are shaping their lives. And so that's a really helpful paradigm by which we are, um, which I think is why the scriptures talk about community so much. There's right. so many one another's. More than any other text about individual faith, it's a one another. That's, so, wow. I think that's so true. And maybe Torres, you can touch on art on community and maybe how the Lord has done it for us as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, first, I even want to just mention, like, you know, Wendy, like you, or Pastor Wendy, you're so humble. Like, I just love how you talk about receiving from, from anyone, right, but also receiving and knowing the counsel that you have around you. And also, I even love how you said in terms of, like, leading your family and, and being willing to say, like, hey, you know, I'm a mother, but I know, like, I maybe am not the sole voice per se. You know what I mean? Yes, you, your voice carries a lot of weight, but but I just love your humility, and I think even like that's something to grasp onto. Right. Um, and yeah, in our community as well too. I think yeah. one thing that we try and do is um, just build the most solid like people. I think like right. with each other. I have a group of guys that I connect with um, every couple, every, I say every other week, or we're always texting for sure. Um, and there are moments where we're just saying like, hey man, I am just, and it's tra it's transparent, it's humble, and it's just being upfront saying, I'm going through this, right? I have I have this on my heart, right? Pray with me and we're walking through this together. And, and it's not like um, they're looking at me and saying, I'm helping you. No, they're as well saying, Nate, I'm going through this. Right. And I think on a that's one level. And I love the second level that we're talking about is saying, hey, have you walked through this right with an experienced or seasoned leader? Right. Saying how how can how can I, you know, walk through this? What are some things that, that are transferable? Right. And I love how you said, Wendy, what can I use the Holy Spirit to or how can I use sorry the Holy Spirit to discern what things they're saying is transferable to my life? Right. I love that. That's so much. And I think I think. Wendy, even if you want to talk about, like, how important are, yeah, I guess, or actually, I want to shift it a little bit. How important do you think, Wendy, are your friends and, and, and investing in them, too, as well, and also, like, allowing them to invest in, in you as well, too? I think that's something really good. Super critical. Um, I think the older you get, the more clear it becomes 
that you'll mm -hmm. have fewer and fewer friends that you're going to travel mm -hmm. the road with. And wow. so depending on how committed you are to the call of a disciple, I think you start to look around and you start to recognize like that, that road has fewer travelers on it. And mm -hmm. so being really specific about like, who are you going to actually invest in to go like 10 feet deep? Cause you can keep a lot of, you can keep a lot of company with people and you can be socially friendly and it doesn't have to be so binary. Like either we're best friends or we're enemies. I think there's this like whole middle space, like, man, you can have a lot of company with a lot of different people. I think especially like digital spaces create community, right? right. Broad, but yeah. often shallow. And so really paying attention to who am I going to go 10 feet deep with? Hmm. And that that's a smaller group of people. Yeah. And oftentimes I'm looking around like, who is running in the same direction at the same pace that I'm running in. Wow. And that's a really helpful litmus for like, we're going to be friends for like a long time. Um, wow. And so I have a couple of friends that I've traveled several seasons and decades of life with, but it's, you know, mm -hmm. I count those on one hand and we have gone through death. We've gone through hardship. We've gone through loss and grief and celebrations and positive things and so many great things. But it's like five really good friends, not 50. Yeah. But yeah. I'm friends with a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I, if I see you out, like it's awesome. And there's yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong there. But it's like, who am I going to go 10 feet deep with? Maybe five people. That's so good. That's so good. That's so good, too, because we live in a culture where, and I think it's maybe a little bit different, but we have so many friends, right? I think social media creates this, where you could be around so many people, but you're the loneliest. Or you could have yeah. so many followers, but you have no depth. Mm -hmm. right um you said something and just really caught my attention you said walking to be a disciple right like who's like it gets narrow narrower as as time goes by i have a question for you uh and i feel like i'm having a private conversation with you in public yeah um so just everyone listening hello welcome to my conversation with pastor wendy That's uh because awesome. i genuinely just want to know these things like i just i love hearing from leaders who've already gone the journey but how have you been able to remain this journey for yourself? Like, how have yeah. you committed? How have you kept saying yes? How have you kept sacrificing? How have you kept saying no to the things maybe your flesh wanted to say yes to, mm -hmm. or maybe op great opportunities were there, but you just knew, nope, the Lord's not telling me to go here. How have you just remained there? And I, I know there's probably so many different things, but maybe whatever comes to, to mind is, I just questioned you. Uh, I love the question. Um, I think if I was to like deduce it down to like, what's the essence is that I met Jesus and that was undeniable. Wow. That's so good. Like it was undeniable. And so any thought of walking away from what I knew that I knew that I knew I had encountered the presence of Jesus. Wow. Doesn't seem possible because I can't deny that I have met Jesus. And mm -hmm. so we talk about remaining. Um, it's not that I haven't given into my flesh in seasons or it's not that I've always been on this straight path that's like always up and growing and moving and advancing. I think it's been a little bit circuitous and there's been sidesteps and there's been some rabbit trails and there's been some not forward motion at times. But what has brought me back is that it, I, I cannot deny that I have met Jesus and he is Lord of my life. Wow. 
Um, so I always come back to that. That is, okay, this brings me, we've talked about this. Yeah. We've said there's a difference between, and people are gonna get so irritated because they've heard me say this so many times, but there's a, truly a difference between knowing someone and knowing of someone. And I think we live in a culture and a society where everyone knows of Jesus. They yeah. know of God, they mm -hmm. know of, 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 right? And they've heard of him through someone. But I think it really changes you, at least for, for me and towards maybe you can speak into this as well, where I no longer knew of him, but I knew him. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was a shift of, you could yell at me blue in the face, but you're never gonna take that, that revelation from mm -hmm. me of me knowing who he is and so with that um we had this conversation but how have you overcome low moments in your life yeah right i think disappointment is easy especially and and again i look at our life where we see a lot of overnight success right where we want things right now like give it to me right now i've heard that we've been called like a, the microwave generation right like we don't want to cook for that long we're just like give it to me in five minutes and yeah. i love it but I think that's such a scam when, you, when, you're, when you're tasting and you're kind of just copping out for an overnight success rather than this overtime success. And I think when it comes through overtime, there's some losses and some disappointments and some things that is just people have to walk through. How have you been able to waver through those low moments in your life? Yeah, so Malcolm Gladwell has some uh, research around this. It, mm -hmm. There's empirical data that tells you to become an expert takes 10,000 hours of practice. Oh. So if wow. you want to be wow. an expert influencer or pastor, preacher, communicator, singer, guitar player, like pick your thing, basketball player, you've got to give 10,000 hours to that specific craft to wow. be able to become an expert in that craft. Wow. Um, I think that discipleship is kind of similar. Like it takes a lot of hours of walking this road before you can like become mastered, mastery, have mastery mm. over what it means to be a disciple. I don't think you overcome low moments. So I think even that framework of the conversation is wow. probably a fallacy. So it's like a, trying to chase an oasis in the sky. Mm. I think the only way through is through. Wow. Go around or over low moments, you have to walk through them. Wow. And so it's a matter of how do you develop the resiliency to walk through depression, to walk Gosh, through good. despair, that is so good. sadness, disappointment, whatever that looks like. Because the idea that I need to overcome it implies that there is a victory and like there's a, a mountaintop kind of moment attached to that. And frankly, a lot of times you're not there you're down here and you are just one foot in front of the other picking up whatever nutrients are on the valley floor and on the other side you're like i'm holding on to Gosh, hope so but i i i today can't tell you i overcame that i just got through it and it's not mm. until time passes that that wound becomes a scar that you look back and you're like wow i did overcome that but that comes with hindsight so in the moment you're not overcoming it you're just getting through it and getting through it is the wow. way that is the success story like yeah, I survived some really hard stuff. And I'm still standing <laughs> to tell about it. Come on. That I love that. I think we've been talking about this, Nicole, recently, where this one phrase, I, th I forgot who said it to us, but we've definitely adopted it. And it's that, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what, right, God is always good. good. Yes. Right. And I think there's been things that I've been walking through recently. You, you, you shared with me some things as well, too. And 
I'm sure, Wendy, you have so many stories um, being just this awesome veteran in the faith of just at the end of the day, I love just what you're saying. You have to say, hey, God is so good to me. And I love it because it's so rooted. You know, there's a difference. And I love what you're saying, you know, in terms of walking as a disciple, right, walking as a young leader, right? There's a difference of, of walking through this for that moment, mm. right? Or for something that's going to perish, right? But at the end of the day, when you're walking through it for something that's eternal, whether you're, you know, hey, I'm sowing into souls and God is good, right? Or, or, hey, at the end of this, right? Hey, you know what? I know that God is working in me something, right? And God is good to me. And, and even though this may come up, this may arise, I may have fallen. I love how it says in the Bible, too, you know, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. I love verses like that because it just encouraged me so much to know that. And I love what you say. You look at your scars and you're like, man, the faithfulness of God is, has marked me in this moment because I could stand and get up. You know, I love it, too. Even um, I've shared with Nicole this as well. You know, just the very breath we have, right? How God breathed on us and breathed in us to supply us with that breath. I think every morning when we just wake up and, and realize, you know, and even if you're like a young leader too, just like maybe, I don't know, in the mud, in, in the trenches, me and my friends like to say, um, and you're just walking and you're like, I don't know where the light is, right? I don't know what this is, but I know God's telling me to do this. You know, I would tell you, hey, the, the thing that I feel breaks out is definitely Thanksgiving, mm. right? When you're thankful for, for just being exactly where God called you, yeah. you begin to see exactly what, what God's pulling out of you in those seasons and in those moments. And, and Wendy, thank you so much even for sharing that. that I love what you said. I'm going to quote that or something. I yeah, love I that. She, said, like she said, you walk through it. I was like, girl, that is so fire. Yes, yeah. that is so fire. That'll preach me and Nicole. We could go on about that. But yeah, I don't know, Nicole, you have any other I, questions? I just have this thought. That yeah, what's we, up? We read the scripture. Uh, we have Sunday night um, services. Well, not really services, but we do like, we meet. And we've been on this thing of, um, in Philippians, where Paul talks about that he presses forward, mm. right? Letting go of what's behind, yeah. pressing forward. I just want to know, I know we got about five more minutes here. But I just want to know, how have you pressed forward through some things in life? Um, I think probably this topic of conversation, as I'm looking for over the last 30 minutes here, has really been just moving forward, going through. But how have you been able to just let go of what's behind and just press forward to what's ahead? Maybe you have a listener here who's like, well, how do I actually just move forward? Now, maybe you could speak into that. Yeah, that's such a great question. So, like, I'm super old and... <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Tori is a veteran, but I I think mentor, whoa, whoa, leader, whoa. legend is, is what I'm leading. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I've recently been on this like um, weightlifting kind of journey. Ooh. And, um, you know, like weightlifting is really good for your body and for your bones and for women in particular. And so I've been on this weightlifting journey. But one of the things my trainer has like taught me is that the only way to grow muscle is through resistance and you have mm -hmm. to increase the load of resistance which is actually how you get to the forward motion of increased strength and i think that the same mm -hmm. has been so true in my discipleship journey but i think sometimes we're focused on how do i let go when really the question is how do i develop the resistance to take to take on more load 
so that as I'm moving forward, more opposition, more challenge, more adversity comes. But how do I develop my inner fortitude and resilience and strength and grit as a disciple so that as more resistance comes my way, I'm able to keep moving forward, which then changes the paradigm of my focus from how do I let go of what's behind me into how do I continue to move with accelerated force towards what's in front of me. Gosh, that's so good. I think for me, that has looked like intense focus. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to be a disciple, I think the greatest disservice we do to people is that we say God is good and therefore everything in my life is going to be good. Mm -hmm. That's that's a massive disappointment. God is always good. I don't always feel good about the circumstances of my life. Mm -hmm. And so how do I develop the fortitude inside of my soul to withstand the pressures that my actual everyday ordinary life, as Roman says, brings before me. Because Mm -hmm. the circumstances of my everyday ordinary life might not always be good. And it doesn't change that God is always good. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do I take that and anchor it in like my Monday morning experience, which might not be so good, right? Come on. That requires some fortitude, some strength, some counterweight what's coming at me so if 50 pounds of drama is coming my way i better have 100 pounds of fortitude spiritually to counteract that mm. wow Ooh. that is so good that is so so intent focus is maybe what you would say then of intense focus towards what you want more of so if you wow. want to be a disciple just then studying intently the life of jesus the red letter print in your bible like just start mm. there So what did Jesus say? What did he think? How did he respond? What did he do? Who did he walk with? How did he move? And that will develop the fortitude to overcome like the drama that's coming at you or the problems or the challenges or whatever. That is, yeah. Wow. I'm going to take that and run with it. Yeah. I'm just going to like, even like real quick, I love what you said. You said, what do you want more? And I feel like sometimes we may be in a place where it's like, I don't know if I want it. It's like, no, like I was just, it just dropped in me right now. That's why I'm just hopping in real quick. I love how it said, even like we were in the Bible, it says when we get saved, it's like we're grafted onto another tree, right? And that the, the, when you're grafted onto a tree, the whole, the root of the nutrients you're pulling from, right? They're completely different, right? And I love it. it and other verses say our sinful nature was replaced, right? With, with our, with the spirit of God, right? And I love it. It's because, it's because you want it. Like at the end of the day, like you could say like, no, like even if I don't see it in faith, you could claim like, no, I want to desire these things. And I love that because just what you're saying, you're building the fortitude, you're building it. And despite the resistance, despite even what your record might say, I always love this, you know, God's record is undefeated, right? I'm a Lakers fan. I always think of the championship banners we have in Staples Center. Even though we're doing bad, I could always say, well, let's look at the record. What does the record say, right? And I love how Jesus could do that um, with us and with anything we're walking through, you know, what does his record say? Right. And, and I, I love that so much, but um, I'm a yeah, Lakers fan too. I'm holding on to the history. <gasps> hey, we're, we're, Laker fan? Oh my <laughs> God. we're not doing okay, good right now. More. We're not doing good Laker right fan. now. Yeah. We love basketball out here. We do we love Monday basketball. Night basketball. Yay. We are huge fans. Yes. Um, okay. Hey, final question. Uh, maybe you, you can think through this one. Uh, you pretend you're 20 years old, 25 years old. What would you give your 20-year-old or 20-year-ish old self advice? Like, what, if there's one thing you could speak to your 20-year-old self, what would that be? Be kind. Mm-hmm. 
I, um, I could cry just thinking about it. So we have a lot of 18, 19 year olds in our house all the time. And I look at them and I look at how critical they are of their own lives and the expectancy that they have to be further and farther and to have more and to know more wow. and man, be kind to yourself. Wow. God, wow. Be kind to yourself. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you have a major meltdown. It's almost all clean upable. Like we can clean it all up. Hmm. And so be kind to yourself. You are in a process. You are in a journey and be kind to your 20 Gosh, year old so good. I love, that. <laughs> I love that. Oh man. I'm about to cry right now. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> tearing up. <laughs> Torres, you do. Uh, I love, I love your, um, your heart. Um, well, it's kind of one of those moments where it's like, well, how do you end, how do you end something so good? Yes. But I think the way we end it is thank you, seriously, Wendy. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us yes. and uh, just giving us just the wisdom that you've received. And I know um, that comes from a place of you walking through some things and you going through some things. And so we really just appreciate and honor everything that you've shared, uh, your wisdom, and, and just jumping in and hanging out with a group of young people on a Friday morning at 10 a.m. So thank you so much. And to our friends listening on our BR pod, hope you enjoyed it. We hope you have a fantastic day, morning, evening, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, Taurus, we can't wait to see him, right? Oh, yeah. Can't Next wait to see you back. Episode. Peace.